difficult for me to start out and not tell you about the love of God. Because once that gets a hold of you, once that grasps you, you know, life, life just all of a sudden, you know what I mean? It, it has a new, it has new wings. Life itself, itself doesn't necessarily change, but the events is, might be the same. that God loves you. And Paul wrote that said, He who spared not his only son, but gave him up for us all, how shall he not freely give us all things? And he's really saying it's impossible for him not to pay attention and to grant and to, and to give. And he did it while we were still sinners. Hallelujah. Now, do I think there's a reward for the righteous? I do. But I don't think that, you know, you have to be so perfect to be able to tap into <laughs> what he's got or what he wants to do. Because he did it for me. He did it for you and what he has done for us. He did it before he had any response from you. So, man. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to talk about a subject this morning that is dear to my heart, subject that, that, you know, over the years, I think I've discovered some things about it, and yet I know that, that this subject is clear past even my days, and that is the world of the Holy Spirit. The world of the Holy Spirit, or the age of the Holy Spirit, however you would want to rend it. I know that when we talk about the Holy Spirit, you know, whatever has been our associations, whatever has been, you know what I mean, the input in our lives, the experiences that we've had, all come into play. And the formation of the Holy Spirit, about the Holy Spirit, you know, comes into play and and. We either have a large world or we have a very specific world. We have unique identities about the Holy Spirit, you know, or, you know, we realize that we're just discovering <laughs> his world, and it's much bigger and much greater, and it's not confined as so often we sometimes, you know, have associated with or even said that it's past. But as far as Jesus was concerned, that the world of the Holy Spirit was so important, he told his disciples, you need to get in touch with it before you go out on your own. That world of the Holy Spirit. A world that we see functioning in Genesis chapter 1. A world that we discover in the historic times <clears throat> was limited to a select few. That prophets and kings those individuals' specific jobs to do, 
in relationship to basically the nation of Israel often enjoyed a, a, a dimension of the Holy Spirit that the average person didn't. But God said, you know, that's not how I really want it to be. I don't want the Holy Spirit to just be for a select few. He said, I want the Holy Spirit to be for everybody. And so he began to prophesy about that to the, uh, through the prophets and in the scriptures. He talked about a day, he said, when it would be poured out upon all flesh. There would be no exemptions. You didn't have, wouldn't have to have a particular role in life, but that this world of the Holy Spirit, he wanted everybody to enjoy. He said there would come a day when the Spirit would be for everybody. And, and so then when we open the book in New Testament, in the book of Acts, <clears throat> we see this great event taking place as, uh, in which the arrival of the Holy Spirit was I mean, it was just amazing. He breaks forth into the, the scene. and Not that the Holy Spirit had never been here before, because he's always here, but in the dimension that Jesus and the God the Father would, would talked about. And you say, well, pal, why do we need to talk about the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit doesn't talk about himself. Did you know that? He does not talk about himself. He talks about Jesus. And so if the Holy Spirit talks about Jesus... We need to get full of the Holy Spirit so we can talk about Jesus. And so then on that day of Pentecost, when that it moved in, and the scripture says that there was devout men and women from every country and every language, and then they began to hear them speak in those, those tongues in their own language. And, you know, what he's shown is he says, I'm, I'm cutting the barriers. You don't have to be of a certain select dialect or location or group. He's doing, I said, I'm, I'm doing just exactly what I said I would do. That everybody, everybody can have access to the world of the Holy Spirit. A dynamic that is characterized throughout Scripture, evident throughout all of time. And Peter stands up and giving us perspectives on it as they're questioning the event that was happened. And he says, well, this is what Joel talked about, the prophet Joel, you know. So there was a day that this began. When it set in. But a couple of the words that I like that he said. This. It's to your children. And to your children's children. And to all that are far off. So notice that he's, that he's talking about. First of all. If you as a family. Have had the privilege of. 
and have, you know, previous generations that have known the Holy Spirit. You are part of that lineage. Your children, your children's children, and as it keeps going. But now if you are a first generation... Somebody's got to be a first generation. Hallelujah. You see, when Paul came to the apostles, came to the disciples of John and says, Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? We haven't even heard about him. Some people haven't even heard about him in the way he really is. And so he said, This is to you and to your children, to all that are afar. Off, even as many as our Lord, our God shall call. So that makes me believe that's, we're still in the far off. <laughs> and we're in the many as our Lord, our God shall call. And so I think this morning that it's not to introduce you so much to the Holy Spirit for the first time. But what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? There would be a lot of definitions, but here's what I'll tell you that being filled with the Holy Spirit means. To be full of the Holy Spirit means to be emptied of all that is contrary to His presence. I should have got a hallelujah out of that one. Let me say it again. To be full of the Holy Spirit means to be emptied of all that is contrary to his presence. I think we can all agree on that one. Because that's the theme. That's the main thing. There is so much in our lives that is contrary to the presence of the Lord. and So therefore, that's why we need the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit, you know what I mean, to help to, to you know, rid us of those things, enlighten us to those things, and alarm us to some things. See, before Jesus Christ, your heart was like a home in a power outage. It was cold and it was dark. But after the Spirit of God came in and lit up the place, you became spiritually alive and began connected with God. Absolutely. I have so many notes that I don't really know where to go, so but we'll try to navigate it. Just as relationships can have degrees of intensities. So the relationship with the Holy Spirit can have degrees of intensities. Makes sense. You have varying degrees of relationship with people and it depends on how close you are and how much time you spend with them and you know how involved they are in your life. And so that's the same way with the Spirit. See, there could be an increase of spirit in your life. Jesus had the spirit before he started his ministry. 
But when he started his ministry, there was a special, you know what I mean, a moment in time where that spirit life, you know, reached a new level. Remember the story of the, the virgins, the ten virgins. The element is that they were low on oil. Oil being a type of the Holy Spirit. They were all virgins, they were all Christians, but there was something about the level of the Holy Spirit in their life. And so in that parable of the, of the, of the, of, of the low oil situation, He said, they need to go where the source is. See, when he says, go by, he said, you need to go where the source is. If you get low on the Holy Spirit oil, it's possible to replenish it. Ephesians chapter 5, our key verse, 18, do not be drunk in wine in which disappear dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. See, this is not about alcohol. This is about the Spirit. And the key is filled with the Spirit. Not low on the Spirit. Not low on the Spirit. How can we tell maybe if we're, could be low on the Spirit? How many would like to know some signs that might be indicative of your low on the Spirit? Anybody can be low on the Spirit. So don't, remember I told you that truth is to be applied forward. Don't make any difference. You know how dry you are yesterday. You don't have to be dry today. If you were unhappy yesterday, you don't have to be unhappy today. Once you discover, you know what I mean, the keys that will work for you for those areas of your life. And, you know, and truth sets you free. I don't want to spend too much time on it. Don't want to be too heavy on it. But, but a sign of spiritual dryness is that you're no longer giving to others out of a sense of fullness. You feel empty and weary and your tank is running dry. Serving out of duty, you are spiritually dry and there's a subtle shift in motivation. No longer motivated by passion, inner reluctance, resistance to serve, but we continue to do so because we feel we have no choice. Oh, I hit home there. Because I hit home in my own life. I do it because it's, I don't have any choice. I recognize that. We've got to go ahead and say, you know what? We need some more oil. It's when our faith is no longer contagious. Contagious. 
David said that when people see the joy of salvation, the results is that people come to Christ. Joy of salvation. Come we not. Bubbling over. When God feels distance, and obviously we know that there's times that, you know, we got to press through and we got to press in. Sometimes it might be because the oil is low. Spiritual ruts. We lack excitement with our relationship with God. Where things are just relegated to routine. Occasional and sometimes they don't exist at all. It's when we lose that sense of being in love with God. And that's why the scripture talks about that when he compares the, the husband-wife relationship with this relationship with the Lord is that we won't lose that sense of being in, in love. Do we need all of these boundaries, you know what I mean, and say, in spite of, I will do this, you know what I mean? Because of this, I must continue absolutely. Those things don't go away. But the new inspiration that comes because the oil, we went to the one that is the source of it. What will refresh relationships quicker than being together? Absolutely. You renew loves, renew purposes. Because you get together. You spend some time. And what do you do, Jolene? You communicate. <laughs> you communicate. And a couple's checking. Doyle. Low oil can, can happen in our lives by events that happen, trials and sudden traumas, it can deplete us spiritually. And oftentimes when we're depleted spiritually, we're depleted in other ways also. So many that ways that connects us as the Holy Spirit is connected to in, in our lives. And then, of course, negative thinking, and none of you do that. What is negative thinking? It's when you falter in your ability to resist and cast down destructive thoughts and emotions, when, they, when they're too powerful, the dominant. Be filled with the Spirit. Don't, don't be... Don't be Low on the oil of the Holy Spirit. Don't resign yourself to Christian living without joy, without power, and without sparkle. 
This is not simply a job we do. It is a life we live. Jesus did not simply have a message to share. He was the message. And so... The prophet gives us a couple of keys what to do when our oil is low. Elijah gives us a recipe to prevent our oil from running out. You know the story in Kings chapter 17. The woman and the widow of Zarephath. Here she is, she's preparing for the end of her life, the conclusion of her life. The assessment has been made, the conclusion has been wrought, we're just going to finish things up in a noble manner. You don't want to be someone that's living your faith without expectation. Because the oil of the Holy Spirit in your life will rejuvenate that faith so that it begins living in expectation. Weariness is part of life. It was the prophet Isaiah that talked about, you know what I mean, that when the oil reaches a level that we would run and not be weary. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. Run and not be weary. Well, it's part of life. What, what is my antidote? I need to get filled more. I need the level of oil to go up in my life. She is called the communion of the Holy Spirit. Oh. It's the fellowship of the Father and your Son, Jesus Christ, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. Elijah recipe. Elijah says you need to examine your attitude. How can I keep the oil from running out? Examine your attitude. He says, correct your attitude. Prepare to live and not die. As I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you're going to be ready for life. The Holy Spirit is not a one-time event in your life. The Holy Spirit is a daily experience. He said to the, the widow, who had legitimate reason, he says, I tell you what, you want to stop the 
oil from running out? Stop being negative about life. Stop believing negative things. Start believing the promises as we sang about this morning. Free your mind of, of, of wrong thoughts of unbelief. I was, I was sharing with somebody the other day, and I, I was talking to the Lord, you know what I mean? And, you know, sometimes maybe I expose a little too much, because I'm supposed to be this perfect person, you know what I mean? And just, you know, what a champion you guys got. You know? <laughs> you see the tears. <laughs> And I was kind of, you know, tell the Lord, here I am, you know what I mean? You know, I almost got 40 years in this place, you know what I mean? I got 45 years in the ministry and, you know, and, 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 and Lord, I, I gave you my youth. I gave you my strength. I gave you the best years of my life, you know what I mean? And, you know, you guys never do that, but I did. Now what? You know, I thought there'd be more. Let's put it that way. And, of course, I bent a little bit, you know what I mean? This is bad. But he said, you know, you used up the best of my life, God. Oh, I know. You probably will fire me after today. And he said to me, he said, is that really what you think of me? Clear as could be. Is that really how you view me? It wasn't. But I was having a, a moment. And I had to stop that. God doesn't use you up. Only to throw you out. He uses you. You know what I mean? That you might have more. He's so, he's so gracious to us old people. He said, in old age, you can still be flourishing. He said, don't dry up. Don't dry up. Oil up. More oil, he says. And so the prophet Elijah says, you know what I mean? You want to you wanna check those attitudes. They'll put a hole in your reservoir. Then he goes on to say, you need to establish, as he talks to her, establish some priorities in your life. He said, give to God first. Give to God first. What are you going to do with, you know? What are you going to do with a little that you got? Well, if you do with this with it, the little will be gone. But if you do this with it, the little will never run out. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what, Jesus, that's what he's, he's telling me. It never be gone. But you prioritize in your life and, you know, and, and, and you know, and I, I think we all think that we have prioritized God as first in our life. But, you know, 
Just let God touch sensitive buttons. We squeal. See, putting God first applies to everything. A willingness. Do I believe in, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, where the rubber meets the road, you do it. Do you fight the good fight the faith? I won't step on you, Gordy. I'll try not to. Anyway, he's moving his feet back there. <laughs> it's a dangerous row right here, church. But if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. God does not say it just if you're obedient. He wants a good attitude. Now, does he not love you because you have a bad attitude? Lord, help us all. God loves you. That's not it. But your, your children. See, what I'm talking about this morning, I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit in the realm of those, you know, that are just going to discover him, you know, in the realm of unbelieving. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit that I'm talking about, you know what I mean? He says, the world can't receive it. It's not introduced to him, see? But he's talking about the, the, once you're introduced to Jesus Christ, then a role in a realm of the Holy Spirit is opened up to you and is opportuned to you. So it's the world that believers have access to. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. It's the world the believer has the access to you. And then, of course, be obedient. Disobedience ruins the jar and causes the oil to be lost. At some time, it must be apparent that the ten virgins had a full jar. But they hadn't paid enough attention to the jar and the oil level. And then, you know, when they needed it most, they discovered the lack of attention and the parody of it. That's what they discovered. Musicians come this morning. So much more. I really do church, but when the scripture gives you, and I have to hurry through this, gives you symbols of the Holy Spirit, you know what I mean? He's trying to convey something to you and to us about his role in our life. Okay, and one of these symbols that he gives is that, that he is rain. It says in Joel that he will give the rain, the former and the latter rain. He says, I'm going to see to it that, that you have rain, you know what I mean, in the planting season, and you're going to have rain across the growing season, and then rain in the harvest season. All of those are different, by the way. They need to be different by virtue of, you know what I mean, the, the, the stage the stage of that.
See, needing to be refreshed and have oil doesn't mean you're backslid or that you've sinned. It just simply means that you haven't kept the oil full. So he comes as rain. He comes as a river. Rains refresh and rains, you know what I mean, have a restorative aspect to them. He comes as a river. And rivers are channels or conduits to where the places of refreshing need to come. And Jesus said this in John 7, 37. On the last day of the feast, he stood and cried, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. See, God wants every one of us to be a conduit of the rains that have fallen. God wants every one of us, you know, to be channels. We talk about this Holy Spirit, you know what I mean? It's just not for personal self-entertainment, you know? But God's got earth that he wants watered. God's got faith that he needs to stimulate. God's got hope that he wants to implant. And so that's where we come in too. It's not just personally for ourselves, but it's so the water has some place to run. <laughs> Hallelujah. To make you a tributary, an overflowing tributary of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes as a wind. And there, again, we talked about this morning, that's power and guidance. When he, the Spirit of truth, has come. Breathes life into us. Transpires things in our life. Holy Spirit is oil. Oil in our life. Simply simplifies it. The oil makes us sensitive. Makes us sensitive. Yes. Comes as wine. As our scripture said, What's he talking about? He says, what excites your life? What excites your life? We're not drunk with the wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Something that excites your life. Oh, hallelujah. The Holy Spirit comes as fire and the Holy Spirit comes as a dove. Don't have time. Got to close. I want to just let your palate inspire your taste for the Holy Spirit this morning. That's all.
not in so much, you know what I mean, what is going to be the evidence of it or what is going to be the outcome of it. Don't worry about that. Just go ahead and start filling up with oil and see what happens. Stand with me this morning. Yeah. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Got one? Amen. I don't know what you've learned or how you've understood it. I'm just trying to create a, a taste and an appetite for the Holy Spirit this morning. Jesus said this. He said, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father Give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him. Uncomplicating it, the first step is just asking for the Holy Spirit. Whether it's the first time or whether it's the hundredth time, would you just renew the Holy Spirit in my life? He said, I don't want you to be fatherless. I don't want you to be without a comforter. I don't want you to be without somebody in your life. When you feel all alone, I want you to know that there's somebody that there is standing right beside you and that will help you. In the weakest moment, you're going to see his face toward you. If we just learn how to go ahead and just ask him. Just ask him. Father, I need I need, I need just a little more oil of the Holy Spirit in my life. Don't worry about, you know, how you react and respond and 
what happens in the middle of it. <laughs> Praise God. You and him will work that one out. <laughs> he will work it out. You will work it out. One more time, we've got to let you go. But, you know, I wonder, as they sing this, if, you know, if you're comfortable with raising your hands, great. If you're not, great. You know what I mean? Uh, but just in your own mind and heart, would you, would you just ask the Lord for the for the Holy Spirit today, even though you got him, even though you know you've experienced him many times in your life, just just ask him for the Holy Spirit. And and would you ask ask him for the Holy Spirit for Pastor? Hallelujah! Absolutely, I need the Holy Spirit. I'm a bad dude. <laughs> Amen. And I'm gonna go. I'm gonna leave this place this morning. You know what I mean? Not worrying about whether or not I'm gonna get him, or he rather he's gonna get me. I'm going to leave with the right attitude. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're on a journey, and all of a sudden, we are going to have a moment. I know that I'm going to have a God moment, and the wind is going to blow into my life, and it's going to do and be what I need it to be. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, the Holy Spirit's doing some wonderful things. You say, well, Pastor Don, you know what I mean? Let's just, why don't we just finish it up? Well, you know, the, the Scripture says that and the first outpouring, and, and you know, when, when the Holy Spirit, you know, came in this ma manner, they had to tarry. Now, they had to tarry that time only because he had not yet come, and so there was a time when he was going to arrive, all right? Here's, let, me, let me tell you this. Let me tell you a personal, personal te testimony. I noticed that the, my oil was getting low. I wasn't backslid. I wasn't having evil thoughts. I wasn't doing all those things, you know what I mean? I just wasn't enjoying what I was doing. Yeah? I wasn't enjoying it. And so, I, began, I went to the Lord, and I, I began to recognize, first of all, you know, you're not going to ask for more oil if you don't recognize that you need more oil. Well, I recognized it, that the signs were there, and so there I needed more oil. And now, now it, it wasn't his delay, it was just my delay. He had to, whatever it is, he had to do to get me, but it, it took two weeks. It took two weeks. And all of a sudden, I felt the oil, you know what I mean? being poured in and, and the oil oil level rising and I was getting excited again and you know what I mean and church was an awesome thing and preaching was amazing you know what I mean and you know my, my wife was getting more beautiful and you know and 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 you know uh, uh, what was not wasn't so important I mean I began to see what was and I mean it just began to change the whole moment but it took a little while because I just had to do some tarrying you know not so much waiting for him to come, but for me to get there. Amen? That's what it's all about, church. That's why you spend a little time like this, you know, and let the Holy Spirit, and when you go, you know, maybe you're going to have to take a, take a little bit of time. You know what I mean? And say, honey, I need some time with the Holy Ghost, not with you right now. You know what I mean? Get permission, of course. Otherwise, you could end up being in our couples checkup class, and we'll have to do you in. So. All right. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. The Holy Ghost is ready for everybody. Amen.